Thanks for joining us for Beyond the Pixie Dust, the first faith-based podcast for Disney fans. Together, we're going to dive deep into scripture from inside the parks, discuss the essentials of humanity like fear, joy, and grief with Imagineers and cast members, and we're going to explore what it means to live meaningfully in our modern world. And now, I invite you to join me at the Walt Disney World Resort as we dive beyond the pixie dust. Welcome back to a new episode. I'm excited to have the man, the myth, the legend here with us today is Rick Blair. I guess we could call him Skipper Rick, but I, that's just because we're at the Jungle Cruise. I don't know any other reason why to call you Skipper Rick. You, I mean, do you like being on a boat? Do you Have um, you been on a boat a lot in your life? I've been on a boat. At one point, I knew how to sail. Uh, I probably still could learn how to do it, but um, this is a small, like, two-sail uh, boat. I could I could sail that. I could maneuver okay. that. I could tell people what to do. Um, so there is so uh, justification for calling you Skipper Rick in I, this episode. I even I even capsized said boat in a small okay, lake. Well. Um, so we did see the backside of water. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So that's good because also I think pretty soon we're getting some uh, changes to the Jungle Cruise and we will have a capsized boat, I think, shown. Oh, okay. So yeah, we're getting some uh, Skipper-focused stuff. Okay. So yeah, yeah. So anyways, so the Jungle Cruise, I think I, this is going to be hard, maybe, but in all your riding of the Jungle Cruise, do you have a favorite joke? Wow. There are so many that are classic. Wow, 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 wow. Um, I mean, there's the, the you know, the, the Explorer crew going up the pole and, you know, they got the point in the end. Yeah. You yep. know, that's uh, Inspiration Falls. Okay, um, yeah. I think... Is, is a great is a great one um oh i like there are some where they they point out their favorite plants and there's two jokes with this okay and they say now's the time i'd like to point out some of my favorite plants there's that one <laughs> and that one and that one yeah <laughs> i love that yeah and then we have over here we have the hibiscus and down here we have the lobiscus and those nice. those are nonubiscus <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't remember that ending to that one. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's just nice. like that little, like, real quick callback, you know? Just like, all right, while you're <laughs> laughing at the low viscous, oh, also there's none of viscous. Like, nice, nice. Yeah, so those are some of my favorite. What about you? Now, do you, well, let me ask you this. Do right. you laugh out loud at the jokes, or do you just kind of like, ha, 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 like, kind of like, try to laugh, and, uh, since you've heard them a million times? We're going to say this a million times in this episode, I hope, but we just cannot take ourselves too seriously, right? <laughs> like, G.K. Chesterton, I have this written down here, um, and I'll tell you why again later off mic, but um, he said angels, maybe angels can fly because they take themselves so lightly, right? Nice, like, okay. So let's not take ourselves too seriously. I laugh harder when my kids are there, and it's mostly to embarrass them. But yeah, nice, it's nice, funny nice. every time because you go in there and like there's this weight of the world, and I think this was uh, Walt Disney's point was just to like shed the weight of the world when you go in, right? When you mm -hmm. enter the park, um, just go in and just be part of this world right now. And and I think as I've gotten older, it's been a little it's a little easier to do that and just say, let me be in this place and in this time right now and just enjoy. It, right just be thankful that i'm that i'm here uh if we're at, at in orlando you know we're thankful we're in florida um uh, thankful that we're in california just let's just shed that weight of the world and 
just enjoy what's happening. And when you yeah. go on the Jungle Cruise, you just say, yeah, I've heard the joke so many times. You know, if you've enjoyed your cruise, my name is Rick. If you didn't, my name is Josh. You know, like, yeah, right, right. And then let me tell you the thing that my, my parents told me when I t on my 15th birthday. Get out. Right? Like just, <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's just right. fantastic. Like, these are funny every single time. And you also don't know, like some of them you know, they're going to say backside yes. of water. They're going to say it's yeah. the eighth wonder of the world. They're going to say that. But um, there's there are options that they go through. So you don't really know which one. Which is going to be. It's not a be. cut and paste. Right. It, it, now, it's supposed to be not the exact same experience every time, but it is supposed to be uh, a series of jokes that, yes. that the skippers can choose from. Uh, the interesting thing, so I was reading a story called, or a story, a book called Skipper Stories, which is just all these different skippers reflecting on their time working at the Jungle Cruise. And they are talking about some of those details and talking about how on most of the attractions, pretty much every attraction, um, you know, a manager can be right there and here. If you're not doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing, they're going to be able to overhear. You're going to get in trouble. But... Jungle Cruise is one of a very few attractions that when they got into the jungle, there's nobody listening in. Okay. So there's not a manager hiding in the jungle kind of hearing. So in other words, some of the best jokes that I've heard actually are ones where they went off script completely and I know they just made them up. Yeah. Um, so like the best, because I, I, ha I have laughed and do laugh at some of the jokes, um, but I'm also the kind of person that Unless something is really funny, like I don't actually laugh out loud, I might think something's funny, completely funny, and yet I just don't laugh out loud because sure. it's just like, oh, it's just not that level of, of being hilarious. I'm like that in my everyday life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Except for on the Jungle Cruise, then you laugh then every it's just, time. it's funny every time. Here comes, ah! Oh, right. Okay. Um, so I remember one late one night, um, which I should preface by saying, if you've never ridden the Jungle Cruise at night, you should do that because it's a totally different experience. Right, um, yes. It looks different. They have, you know, you can't see as far. Um, and then they're just, to, in my experience, they're a little crazier. Um, some of the skippers because they know there's not as many people. Maybe again can get away with a little more. Um, but that idea of telling some of those jokes off script uh, that they're not really supposed to tell because they've made them up. So the one that that I thought was the best that I've heard because it was just not expected was going into that section that's kind of the tunnel where sometimes they make a joke, Indiana Jones, you know, yeah, about yeah. hating snakes or whatever. But in this specific instance, the guy just started singing, quoting Charlie and the Chocolate Factory where they're going through that really oh, creepy tunnel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have no where we're going. Right. And then he just, uh, you know, it just doing basically that entire thing all the way through the tunnel. That's and it was great. just so uh, unexpected and knowing that scene, it was really great. So I think that was my favorite. Although, you know, it's not a classic joke. Um, it's it's my favorite one. But in reading Skipper stories, like if you haven't, um, if nobody, if people listening have not picked up that book, I think there's two volumes, and I've read the first. But I definitely recommend if you're a fan of the Jungle Cruise. Um, it's from Theme Park Press. Uh, but just reading, hearing some of those types of things about um, what they were able to do, some of the pranks that, that Skippers do on each other, and even there's like some some stuff that it's called Jungle Justice. So there's this thing like uh, kind of uh, behind the scenes with the cast members that 
Um, sometimes, you know, you're supposed to go a certain number of loops and then get a break. But if the person that's on a break before you doesn't come back in time, um, then you have to go around again. And so in order to punish the person that didn't come back in time, they'll do things like Lights Out or Jungle Justice, which you have to read it to get all the details. But basically, they'll go out and bring another boat alongside and actually like kidnap the skipper straight off of their boat or turn off all the lights the entire attraction so when they come back, just suddenly it's just like completely dark and everybody's abandoned it late at night. And wow. So they'll do these little pranks on each other. Again, they're not supposed to do, which is really funny stuff that there's kind of this culture within Jungle Cruise sure. that kind of kind of happens. So anyways, that was getting very off topic uh, from what we're looking to talk about. But it is Jungle Cruise, so yeah, yeah it's yeah. all Jungle Cruise. So th this is something that I was thinking about. We talked previously about like the Haunted Mansion and kind of thoughts that non-believers have about Christians in relation to ghosts. And, you know, uh, the me I mentioned on that episode the, the, the um, information that I got or the message I got from the guy on Twitter who's not a Christian. And in the same way, when we talk about Jungle Cruise, when we, we think about funny things, we think about the jokes, we think about the humor. And when it comes to thinking about Christians and humor, usually those are not things that in most people's minds and non-Christians' minds mesh together. There has been a this idea that Christians are very serious people. You know, they're very tight. You can't, you shouldn't joke with them because they can't really take a joke. Um, I don't know. Have you seen that same thing? Yeah, I think so. In a lot of uh, circles. Yeah, I think I think that's that's fairly accurate. You know, I guess I'm sitting here wondering why that might be. And yeah. Perhaps it's just the portraits of some of these uh, these theologians through time. I mean, you've ever seen a sure. portrait of John Wesley? It's not. It's not grinning from ear to ear. Um, you know, why is that? I yeah. mean, there's a cultural aspect of it. Um, you know, but yeah, I think that's that's a that's a challenge. Or that if you even consider, like, what is, if someone were to talk to you about uh, a Christian comedian, mm. right? We won't we won't mention names. Yeah, you sure. Can do that in the in the Facebook discussion group, um, <laughs> but. My first reaction is like a groan of just, <laughs> I'm not interested in that at all, right? Yeah. Like to have those terms be together, right? Because it just sounds like it's going to be derivative. It sounds like it's going to be really corny. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, yeah. that's yeah. dismissive and it's judgmental and you know, whatever. <laughs> but in a lot of cases, it is true. It is right. really cheesy, just like a lot of Christian media. Yeah. Which is a little separate but connected. It's it's like, okay, this movie, oh, it's a Christian, uh, I don't know. It's probably not going to be very high quality. <laughs> At the it's very gonna least, it's going to be theologically unsound. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's going to have a lot of stuff that doesn't even have to do with the Bible. Right. But yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a little bit, it's going to be a little bit corny. I mean, even like, can we just consider like decent lighting for a minute? You know, like yeah. you forget all the things that sort of go into something like making a film. Anyway, that's a right. slightly off topic. I know we're trying to talk about humor here. But... Well, the quality though, that is, that's the thing. Right. The quality of Christian media, Christian comedy. Uh, there are some great, you know, Christian men and women who have really funny stuff out there. I've found them few and far between, but for the most part, it is that, you know, it is that reality of like, okay, it's just not really that great. <laughs> right. And, and so that gives that conception, I guess. And I think like historically, like you say, there may be a lot of misconceptions. Like one, one classic example is like, oh, the Puritans, you know, they were just so uptight about everything. But I was just reading some stuff about the Puritans. They certainly were in some regards, 
but I was just reading yesterday about um, the Puritans had a kind of a, a practice that once a month they would have a day where the entire community would have a community-wide party and they would have games and food all over the place. So they were, you know, probably they, not they, dancing. I, yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know. They didn't say, but it, but so they they had an importance on fun in that regard, and then in their day, and then also, um, you know, they're also Puritans are also like thought of of like you know they were really against like talking about sexual things and stuff like don't don't think about sex, don't talk about sex. But actually, I was reading um, they wrote and talked often about the pleasures of marital sex and like engaging in that and how important that is and how great it is. So there is some to some degree with a lot of that, you know, just looking at a portrait or whatever, the misconceptions sure. of history that well, kind of led to it. Yeah, and but even then, even that, I think what happens is so often we get fixated, um, and I'm sure we can talk about this from, from different, uh, in different arenas, um, but we get fixated on one aspect. And when we think about Christ, who is referred to as the man of sorrows, yeah. Right, and we get fixated on this idea of being a man of sor sorrows and a, and a man who's willingly entered into suffering. When we think about, and not even just like the suffering of of the passion, right, mm -hmm. um, of the the trial and the crucifixion and you know and his death, like which is horrible. When we get so, cons when we focus so much on those aspects of the life of Jesus, then we we forget that there he was a man. Yeah. Right. Like he yeah. was fully God and fully man. Mm -hmm. Right. Simultaneously, it's one of the mysteries um, that that God has presented to us and uh, called us to sort of deal with. Um, but we get so concentrated on that element of him being a man of sorrows that hmm. we neglect that he was also a man of joy. Yeah. He was a man who likely laughed. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and and probably hopefully often. Right. Um, <laughs> You know, that's not to say that the life isn't a serious business. I mean, even as one who is only fully man, yeah, <laughs> life is heavy. I, you know, and there's a lot of um, there's a lot of lifting to do um, to make it through a day sometimes. Um, so, but that's not the only component to yeah. humanity. Well, and that's been mostly the, the depiction yeah. um, of Jesus, and then also thinking of in popular culture. And I, I, you know what? Some people listening to this might say that this is not true because I, I don't know why I always picture in my mind. I haven't seen much of The Simpsons. I've seen a couple episodes, but I think there's the the Christian character on there is always kind of like a serious, like doesn't want to joke guy. Do you know much about The Simpsons? I don't. Know. I don't know why I bring that up because yeah. I don't know much about it. <laughs> <laughs> we is might, he, we yeah. can talk briefly about it. You might yeah. edit it out. Um, but it, well, it's in Disney Plus, so it, it does relate now. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, well, I'm just saying, like, if we don't get too deep into, it. but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so The Simpsons' next door, next door neighbor is Ned Flanders, and and. And Ned is not like a super serious guy, right? Ned is actually like a very, he's like, nothing really bothers him most of the time. Interestingly, okay. it's not really a spoiler because it's more than 20 years old, but uh, right. Ned, Ned's wife dies, okay. um, you know, and like he, he sort of has a breakdown as a result of that. So, I mean, you know, Ned is like the, you know, he's the hidely ho, right? Like that's like his catchphrase is he's like hidely ho neighbor, right? Okay. Um, so he's sort of like this goofy guy. Um, that's that's the neighbor but when they go to church like the 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 preacher is very dour and serious mm. you know um and i would 
say that maybe Matt Groening or the creator of The Simpsons, they would they would use these phrases of they would say religious. They wouldn't necessarily say Christian. They would say religious. Right? Yeah. So like Ned Flanders, the neighbor, is religious. Sure. And he has these two kids who walk the straight and narrow, and you know The Simpsons. Bart in particular is like maybe tries to get them into trouble or whatever. So, yeah. You know. So yeah, it's sort of like this this lighthearted like detached component mm, to things yeah. and then when you go to church it's it's like real serious yeah very in, in at that least regard. attempts to be serious. yeah so but at least it gives it and i this is what i didn't know having only seen a couple episodes it now i'm hearing is it gives a couple different layers to the same person it doesn't say oh which i i think alternatively a lot of other media depicts christians a lot of times as just a one-sided i mean on The Office, everybody's the extreme depiction. But, of course, we have Angela on The Office, who is yeah. very serious. And, like, if somebody makes a joke or says something like, oh, you know, she gets really offended. And not um, only that, but, like, <laughs> terribly hypocritical in her actions. Right, right? exactly. I mean, like, just, like, just and, of course, early on, they're so. talking about what books they'd bring on the des des deserted island. I just watched right. it the other day, and it was the, the Bible and the purpose driven life. It's just right. so cheesy. Like, right. But, you know, th that is the point of that, is to, to bring people to the extremes of, of these personalities. But in a lot of a lot of shows, a lot of whatever, the Christian character is always that one who's not willing to join, who's like on the outside and like, oh well, you know what? I can't be a part of this. Um, well, and a to lot mention, of times. to just briefly mention The Simpsons again, I mean, there's a reason that like it's still around. I think 30 years later, right? yeah, like they're still airing, and not just it's not just available. They're airing new episodes. They're still right. They're creating new content. So, you know, when you have that, you're able to develop these multi-layered characters. Um, and, and, and maybe that's when we talk about things like Christian media or, you know, Christian comedy products or whatever mm -hmm. they are. Yeah. Like, um, it gets so uh, um, one-dimensional. That's the word I'm right. looking for. It gets one-dimensional. Yeah. And, and honestly, like, we live in an era of that. I, mean, we've, we've, I know you and I have talked about social media. I mean, social media yeah. is the place where you are one-dimensional. Yeah. Right. Like you're the person who cares about rescuing dogs. That's a great thing. Mm. But that's all I know about you. Right. Unless I enter into a conversation with you and get to know you and spend that time. You're the person who does this. This yeah. is the only thing that I know about you because that's the only thing that's available on social media. And so this this idea of one dimensionality is really problematic. Um, and, and so even to talk about Christ only as this man of sorrows which he was yeah that's not the only aspect well and that's yeah and that's exactly what i was going to say so that uh, one dimensional that we see sometimes in media then we translate that over and it's easy to just do a one dimensional uh look at jesus specifically because of a lot of especially for those who have been in the church their whole life they just heard the stories a million times and they go okay I'm gonna, this is my reading today, John 1 or whatever. Yeah. I'm gonna read through this. All right, I finished it. I learned a couple spiritual principles from that. And now I'm gonna move on. You know, we're always looking for what's the spiritual meaning because it's just been kind of caught and taught without really even saying it in a lot of circles. You know, well, you gotta be serious in church. That's the time to be serious, to be really reflective. And certainly there's a time for that. Um, but because of that, that's translated over when we're reading, we think of Jesus as like, okay, it's very serious stuff I'm reading and he's going to teach me some very serious stuff, which is true, but then we don't see any other aspect to it. We just see all the serious stuff. Yeah. And I guess the question that we could come to from that is, are there other dimensions to Jesus? 
you know, do we actually see examples of that? I don't know. I have a I have a couple examples. I don't know if any come to your mind right off the bat. Um, yeah, I've got a couple. Okay, okay. Are you are you gonna steal the one? I, you're on John. I don't want you to steal the same one. I'm. No, thinking I'm about. gonna let you go ahead. Okay, okay. This is your podcast. I'm just a guest. So. <laughs> well, I don't want you to be like, well, here's one in John 143. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think there are yeah. So I think there are a lot of uh, examples of Jesus, like being funny. But one thing I think we have to understand that I learned recently is that the humor that we have today is not always the same as it was back then. Yeah, there's um, there are things culturally. Yeah, like, like culturally license. different Even kind of Even to talk about humor. like the, the portraits of the theologians, why are they so dour? Well, because they had to sit for a portrait. Yeah. And, you know, like now I have like thousands of, of pictures on my phone and can delete them and keep them and whatever. It's like right. you have one time, and let's just talk about the era of photographer, you've, uh, of, of photography, you've got one shot. Yeah. Right? And right. go ahead. What are you not going to do with your one shot? It, oh, you're not going to throw away your not shot. Gonna throw yeah, away there your you shot. go. There you go. I know, I know that's like that one. one of your favorites. Um, <laughs> and you missed it. Anyway. <laughs> I, I was just too focused on the portrait idea. And I was like, right. Man. But you only you're, you only have yeah. that one shot. And so um, yeah. what what do you want to present? I mean, I look at uh, pictures of even my grandparents, you know, when they were younger. And it's not a lot of smiling. Um, or yeah. maybe not so much my grandparents, but their parents and their grandparents. If, in fact, there was a photographer, if there was a photograph yeah. of them. It's very serious. And that was culturally what you're supposed to do. Yeah. You weren't really supposed to smile right. in, those, in right. that time. Right. That's Yeah, that's interesting. So so there are these different, so yeah, so culturally different aspects. And if we understand over 2000 years ago, like one of the main modes of humor or being funny was irony, mm -hmm. uh, which is very closely related to sarcasm as well. So we kind of Irony is when sometimes. you get creases out of your pants, right? Yes. Come it's, on, it's there an it episode is. about humor. There we go, okay. <laughs> we get one of those jokes that you, you can <laughs> laugh really loud at, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's not um, that funny. <laughs> it would have been funny if we were on a boat. Yes, it w yeah, it would have. <laughs> we're going to do that after this, tell that same joke on a boat. Um, so it, early on in John, uh, John 1, 30, 43, he's calling, Jesus is calling different disciples. Um, he calls Philip already to follow him, and then Philip, um, goes to this guy named Nathaniel, and he sell, says, you know, basically we found the Messiah, and um, so then Jesus sees Nathaniel coming towards him, and Jesus says in John 1, 47, here's a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false. How do you know me, Nathaniel asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathaniel declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God, you are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You shall see greater things than that. So like there's this aspect of just reading through it and like, okay, that's how it happened with Nathaniel. But then like if we go back and actually think about this, like, okay, Jesus says, he asked him, how do I, how, how do you know me? And Jesus says, well, I've seen you before. You were under a fig tree. And Nathaniel, because of that says, you're the son of God. Like he just professes all this belief. You're the king of Israel. And Jesus' response, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You shall see greater things than that. Is like really a funny response. It's like thinking of everything that he's going to be seeing, the feeding the 5,000, the raising of Lazarus. And then ultimately, of course, after all those miracles, the raising of Jesus himself, like the fact that he saw him under a fig tree and that was the reason he was going to believe, like that is very, very little compared to what he's going to be seeing. Yeah. So like that's one of my favorite things of like kind of this humor of Jesus, like this irony, like, okay, well, if you believe there, just wait till like tomorrow because 
chapter two, Jesus changes water into wine. Like, you're gonna be really amazed. It's better than sitting under a fig tree. Like, just, just yeah. see what it is. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, that's one of my, my favorite ones. I don't know if any stand out to you like that you're thinking of right yeah, away. Yeah, I've got, I've got one here. And, and one of the things that we, I know we were talking about a little bit earlier is that it's like even in, in text messaging, right? Like from phone to phone, if you're just texting with a friend, you sort of miss the inflections yeah. of, of what's intended. And I think when we read the Bible too often, we're really missing out on things. And it's mostly because we're just reading through it. Right. right? And, and as a friend of mine like to say, it's like, it's there, you read it, you move on. Yeah. Um, but what if we take a breath or what if we cross-reference things or what if like when we remember and we go, oh, wait a minute, isn't that somewhere else? We'll chase it down, right? Yeah. So, you know, there's something that, that uh, is actually in two, di two different gospels that I want to, I want to refer to here. So like if okay. you're reading the Bible left to right, like if you're just like, like a good Westerner who's reading in English, <laughs> right. um, and let's say you're reading through the gospel. So you've read Matthew, you move into Mark, right? And, and, and here we are in Mark chapter three and we're point or Jesus is appointing the disciples. Okay. So we just look at verse 16 for a second. He, meaning Jesus, appointed the 12, Simon to whom he gave the name Peter, James the son of Zebedee, and John the brother of James, to whom he gave the name Sons of Thunder. We move on, Andrew and Philip and Bartholomew. Okay, moving on. So Sons of Thunder. He, Jesus, gave John and James the name Sons of Thunder. And you don't think anything about that, right? Because yeah. you, it's there, you read it, you move on. Yeah. You don't it's think anything it's a nickname. Like, huh, why did he nickname? But all you did is you moved on. Because then we moved on. We say Andrew and Philip and Bartholomew and Matthew, right? You don't think about it. Yeah. Sons of Thunder. Why are they the Sons of Thunder? Well, let's say you keep reading left to right like a good Westerner reading in English. And you get into Luke chapter 9. All right. And we're gonna, I'm going to start in verse 51. And just read this. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of him who went and entered a village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. But the people did not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. Okay, so Samaritans and the Israelites, I mean, they, they, they don't like each other, right? Just culturally, it's not a good thing. So like the Samaritans aren't going to welcome him. Um, and when his disciples, James and John, who are what, Josh? Who are nicknamed what? Sons of Thunder. Sons of Thunder. And when his disciples, James and John, saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them, and they went on to another village. Okay. Yeah. It's there. You read it. You move on. Yeah. Wait a minute. He nicknamed them Sons of Thunder because when the Samaritans didn't let him in the village, they said, do you want us to call fire down from heaven? <laughs> like, yeah. son, we're the thun we're the Thunder Twins, right? Like, <laughs> right. Or Wonder yeah. Twins, right? Is that it from Super Friends, right? Like, the yeah, thund yeah. we're the Sons of Thunder. Like, and I almost, like, if I consider the context of that, is he just teasing his, his friends? Yeah, right. I mean, like, this is when... I mean, he's making his way to Jerusalem. Yeah. And he's he's giving them this nickname, right? So if we just yeah. put it in chronological order in what we read in Mark, well, no, that didn't have... The Sons of Thunder, that nickname... Came was, after the It fact. came after yeah. this statement of, do you want us to call fire down from heaven? And yeah. I just... like. Yeah. That is such a sincere human interaction because surely you've nicknamed your friends something. Even, <laughs> right. if, it, even if the nickname didn't stick, 
James and John, for all time. recorded time, will be known as Sons of <laughs> 2000 Thunder. 2,000 years later, because right. of that one incident now, exactly. they're still the Sons of they're Thunder. They're still the Sons of Thunder, yeah. and yeah. they will continue to be. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's like, I just see that as like, that's real deep human interaction. Like, that's a real relationship that Jesus had with these two. Because remember, in Mark, it says he gave them that name. Yeah. So clearly, like this was this was a nudging. This was a sarcastic thing that you could hear in the inflection, but you right. couldn't hear in the text. It's there. You read it. You moved on. Yeah. But if yeah. you take a minute and you say, "Wait, a, wait a sec." <laughs> okay, sons of thunder. Yeah. Like, you can almost hear it before he turns and rebukes them, like, or maybe like afterwards, like they're walking on. Like I think I know we talked about. Um, the paranormal or earlier but i'm thinking about ghostbusters and the scene when they see the the librarian the first time they have an interaction with the ghost and ray stance is like okay i have a plan and they kind of walk out and he just goes get her right and of course they go run, running out of the library this is early in the movie yeah but what's funny is like later venkman and, and ray are walking together and venkman's like that was your plan ray get her get her ray that is your plan it's like jesus like afterwards they continue on to the next village but during that that you know maybe 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 yeah in yeah. verse 56 and they went on to another village yeah. jesus is like okay sons of thunder right <laughs> hey sons yeah, of, yeah. hey sons of thunder could you pass out this you know this bread you know like yeah you know, yeah, yeah. Like... again we're at, and we're adding these other dimensions because we're right. looking at it and being like wow that's there's so much more to that than just like okay now we completed the devotional let's move on yeah. what do we get out of that and um i was telling you about this before and uh maybe some of you listening have heard to the, heard uh watch this um rick has not seen any of this yet but i've seen most of the up-to-date episodes of the chosen the chosen is ultimately going to be a seven uh, season show about the life of Jesus told through the eyes of those who know him best. So you get to know um, some of these disciples uh, through these stories in the scripture spread over seven seasons. It's completely free. You can download the Chosen app and watch every episode there 100% free. You don't have to have Netflix or anything like that. Um, but this is one of the recent episodes that they did in season two is this exact scenario is that at, after the Samaritans come and uh, cause trouble, um, then they want to call down this fire and in in the show this is exactly what they show and it, it just gives you that picture of what we've just been describing really like uh, these friends who we do know that for sure these are friends of Jesus following around for three years um, you know he spends time with them every day and I mean that's just it's just natural in our relationships and we don't spend time with our friends each and every single day but if you were of course these funny situations are going to come up. These interesting conversations are going to come up. And then, you know, the, the nicknames, these things are going to happen. And the inside jokes, too. That's another thing. Yeah. Um, which I have an example of, to, to use one more example of, uh, kind of the inside jokes showing up in the scriptures. Um, we know that one of the most famous calling of the disciples was uh, when Jesus was walking and he saw um, uh, James, John, Peter, Andrew. They were all fishing. They had been fishing all night, hadn't caught anything. And then he says... You know, did you catch anything? Throw your your nets on the other side of the boat. And they do, and then there's a miraculous catch of fish, and then that's when Jesus says, come and follow me, and, and that whole thing happens. Well, then at the end of the whole story, after the resurrection, uh, in John 21, uh, they Jesus has, has not yet 
Uh, he has appeared to them here and there, but he's not with them. And the disciples went out fishing and they went out and they caught nothing. Again, this is three years later. And it says in John 21, four, early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore. The disciples didn't realize it was Jesus. And he called out to them, just saw there's like a random stranger passing by. Friends, have you caught any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. And then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. So this is like this inside joke. The way he shows that it's him, reveals to it that it's Jesus, to, the, to them that it's their friend Jesus, their Lord Jesus, is that he does the thing that led them to him in the first place. Peter and John, uh, Peter and James, uh, Peter and John, I'm sorry, Peter and John and James and Andrew, they were all there. This is the way they found Jesus. So this is like that inside joke where you do the same thing to kind of bring up the old, the old, uh, bring them back, focus back in or whatever. Yeah, yeah, call so that, it's just, call back joke. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. it's so relatable to, you know, experiences that in our lives of just kind of coming back to remember when so-and-so did this or, you know, um, just just those those experiences. Yeah. I was also sort of thinking about some of the imagery that Jesus uses, like even, you know, in the state and just like statements that he makes, but even since some of the preaching and I guess, you know, that's uh, that's a discussion point of um, preachers using humor. Right. Yeah. Um, like there's a, there's this element that just in the practice of humor, the humor disarms, mm. right? It disarms the audience to the point where, you know, if somebody is like really fixated on something and is really angry or whatever, like sometimes you tell a joke and that joke, it doesn't maybe make, make the anger fade away, yeah. but it enables a person to listen, mm. right? And so I'm thinking about, I've got a couple of just examples. Um, you know, even the image of, or the idea of, of when Jesus refers to the Pharisees as the blind leading the blind. Yeah. You know, that's a phrase that we still use in our language. Well, that's from, those are from the, that's from the lips of Jesus. Like, yeah. The blind sure. leading the blind. If you pause for a second, I'm not, I don't know necessarily that that's like humor in that you're laughing at it, right? You're not yeah. laughing at the hilarious jokes on the Jungle Cruise, but... <laughs> But it, it causes you to pause, and I think sometimes that's it's it's a different type of humor. It's hyperbole, right? It's exaggeration. Mm. And the blind leading the blind, while not an hysterical image, is a disarming image. Yeah. Um, I think uh, you know even even in the Sermon on the Mount of you know being so focused on the splinter in your brother's eye that you don't see the plank in your own eye. Yeah. That's hyperbole. That's exaggeration. That's ridiculous. And these are all ironic things as well. Right. Why would you be blind leading the blind? Why would you help someone if you have a bigger thing in your eye? And again, that's the humor of the day. So maybe people were laughing. Uh, I, you know, it, it out loud in that day, that I, irony, that hyperbole. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like you hear the, like if there's a crowd that's gathered and someone says that you can almost see them kind of nudging each other and just going, what? Like you're talking about us <laughs> yeah. in my own eye. What do you, what do you mean? Right. Right. But in so doing, it causes you, um, it at least puts the antenna up where you say, well, I want to hear what is this guy really talking about? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. and then it's also memorable. Like those, those are memorable images so that when you walk away, you think about them. Right. That's the idea. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. like he, he was giving lessons in public. Mm -hmm. um, and so in, in this public arena, it's not like they had his written words. 
as we do. Yeah. He, they, they had to walk away and it had to be memorable to the point where they had to think about, you know, the, the um, so when they're talking about the, the wheat field and the weeds, like, you know, yeah. tear up the whole field. Mm. Well, no, of course, that's ridiculous, right? Yeah, like, and yeah. so humor is sometimes a ridiculous image. Um, yeah, that's you know, true. Very true. You know, so I, I think we've been talking quite a bit and, and you and yeah. I would certainly agree that I'm really like Jesus didn't turn away. He wasn't solely a man of sorrows. Yeah, I think it's just it's one of those, you know, there are certain things in the Bible where you get to the end of it and you're like, well, you know what? I'm still just unsure about this and there's some, some uncertainty. But in this case, you know, um, it seems pretty clear. And like there I was I was reading a quote from. A Greek bishop. So this is a guy who was in the, you know, the, the church in 350 A.D. and his, his name was Basil of uh, Caesarea. But his quote was, "The Christian ought not to indulge in jesting. He ought not laugh or even suffer laugh makers." It seems like it's very easy to not say, "Well, I don't know." It's like, no, it's clearly that is the worst advice I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> like from the Bible, from like all aspects of life, yeah. that is a horrible bit of advice. Like theologically, it's not correct. Yeah, I think so. I think so too. Um, you know, it's seventeen hundred years later. Sorry, sorry, Basil. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, I'm not going to agree with that. Yeah, I'm not going to get on board with that. Like, I wonder even like what he was reading because like as I look through, there's a lot of examples. But like even in the scriptures, which would have been available to him when he's writing this, like Proverbs seventeen twenty two, a cheerful heart is good medicine. A crushed spirit dries up the bones. Like that idea of, you know, laughter is the best medicine that phrase, I mean, again, it kind of basically coming from this, uh, almost word for word, um, from Proverbs 17, 22. But, and I think everybody has that experience of feeling really down and then someone comes over and, you know, that lifted your spirits or, you know, they, they're joking with you and then you feel better. Um, there's, there's, there's definitely nothing against the Christian life, like this guy inferred, that uh, don't laugh, don't, don't joke around, you know. Um, yeah. And I think, though, that, that there's some um, concern that, and maybe this is where Basil's coming from, is like, well, you know, how far is too far? You yeah, know? sure. Once you start asking that question of how far is too far, then, like, you sort of get into this discussion of legalism, and, um, sure. which is a, an, an important discussion and the thing to sort of wrestle out with um, with the Holy Spirit and, and uh, his conviction. Um, but it's like, well, if we don't laugh at all, we don't uh what is it suffer laugh makers if we don't yeah. even suffer laugh makers um at all then we don't have to worry about whether or not it's if it's too far it's yeah too far you know right um and actually, yet that's too far to the other side <laughs> well I, yeah i would agree i would certainly agree <laughs> yeah. with that you know yep. um you know i think about uh thomas merton i'm gonna paraphrase thomas merton this 20th century monk um who again paraphrasing says that the enemy of god there are three enemies of God and that they are noise, speed, and exploitation. Mm. Um, noise and speed, and interestingly, all three of those things just continue to ramp up. They seem to. Mm -hmm. I don't think we're worse off than we've ever been, but I, it just yeah. seems like it's noisier, things move faster. Right. And exploitation, he's talking about like using other people for your own benefit. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, I, I sort of want to focus on that third component as mm. we discuss humor and it's like the the humor at the expense of another yeah is absolutely. really the 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 sticking the sticking point yeah you know? um 
And again, if we talk about things like the Sons of Thunder or when Jesus um, changes Simon's name to Peter and mm. says, on this rock, I will build my church. Is he being sarcastic? I mean, like, yeah. you know, that that one maybe seems, um, I don't know that it's more of a reach, but it might be more of a reach to say calling Peter the rock, um, you know, because he's, sort of yeah. he's sort of this mess. And right, of, course, right. of course, Jesus knew that he was going to deny him um, uh, after mm-hmm. the crucifixion. Yeah. So. You know, uh, it, it that kit could be read as sarcastic, um, yeah. but it's not a joke at another's expense. Right. And I think that's maybe the part, like personally, like where I, I think about conviction. It's like, and even with some of the changes that you know I've read about that are going to happen to Jungle Cruise, um, with with the natives and the idea of this head hunting. Like, are we going to shift that depiction? Because that's where oppression comes in. That's where demeaning of people groups comes in. Mm-hmm. And and so that's like again, that's a fine line. That's something that I think we got to we as Christians need to be careful. Those who are following Jesus, we need to be really careful of what that looks like. Yeah, that's actually a good point because I was thinking the same thing along the lines of you, but then to bring up the recent uh, changes that are coming to Jungle Cruise is a great example because we're, we're kind of centered in that area today. And thinking about those changes to Jungle Cruise, I mean, that's exactly really what they what has been happening since the beginning is the jokes are about, in, in the scenes that are moving, uh, the natives. Yeah. And I mean, one of the key figures that has now been removed in recent days is Trader Sam. I mean, that yeah. is so classic for so many people that it's almost like why take it out because that's a loved piece of this attraction but do you leave it there because that's the way we've always done it and continue to make the jokes because hey they're classic everybody knows so maybe it's not offensive because we've done it this way for years or do you say well we're still going to change it even though a lot of people love that character a lot of people love that scene well, it's, it's just not worth it to continue making those jokes. We can make a lot of other funny jokes that don't have to be at the expense of anybody in particular. Yeah, and you know, I tend in, in discussions like this, I, I try to kind of um, exercise empathy and compassion. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like I'm, I'm not a native African. I'm, yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I, that maybe personally doesn't offend me, but in that case, like, I'm not going to say that that's not offensive. Yeah, right. You know, again, it doesn't offend me. But I'm also, we're also talking about a D- Disney, which is a corporation. Right. right. And the corporation, the job of a corporation, let's just <laughs> lay it on the table, is to make money. And right, right. The audience dwindles if people are offended by it. Yeah, right. right? So, you sure. know, I might not, I might, I'm not going to push back too hard on, you know, the removal of something like Trader Sam. Yeah, right. Um, right. You know, it's not depicting me. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. But it never meant to. Yeah. You know, so, so I don't know. It's again, like a sticky situation, but that's why, you know, I mentioned, I mentioned what Merton has to say. It's like exploitation using somebody else um, for your benefit, uh, even in the discussion of humor is, is, um, is a little bit sticky. Mm -hmm. And, and as Merton says, is the enemy of God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are countless, you know, verses that speak to that kind of a thing like in Ephesians there yep. uh, in the church there should be uh, nor should there be obscenity foolish talk or coarse joking which are out of place but rather Thanksgiving and yeah it's just that thing of you know maybe you make a what's defined as a coarse joke at the expense of 
a certain race or at this expense of women, you know, people joke about about women a lot, about different things, what they can or can't do. Um, and, and maybe the people that you're with, uh, maybe they would hear the jokes and they would say, oh, you know what, I'm not bothered by that. Maybe they just let it roll off. But we don't really know that. Um, what kind of jokes may be taken uh, offensively, or even there are a lot of people in the in the world that say, oh, you know what, nothing really bothers me, so say whatever you want. And if you were to, um, really, that does seep into someone's image of themselves or seep into, you know what, oh, they, they look at me this way. Um, so again, it's like to, to, I don't know, yeah, to, to, to try to defend, if we're gonna try to defend joking at the expense of another person, there doesn't seem to be any good reason to do that. <laughs> Yeah, I would agree. You know, I'm actually sitting here thinking, um, uh, do you know, have you ever heard of this local artist, Chrissy Ambar? Um, I don't think so. Yeah, Chris, Chris actually just passed away recently, and um, just a super interesting guy, just full of life. I mean, he was he was a bulldozer uh, <laughs> in, in life, you know, he was just like, just unbelievable people person and uh, he was a neo-pop artist um, actually we talked about the Simpsons earlier at one point he was writing the Simpsons comic book okay um, you know and and just just this guy who was full of life and he was also at one time the um, chaplain at, for the Youngstown Police Department and he was okay. an ordained minister wow. um, he was uh, he once referred to me he once said to me he was like I knew right away you were a Jesus guy and I was like, Jesus guy. I never thought about that term. That's all right. I'll take it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, and just a guy who, who really sought to please the Lord, but like in, in and in so doing, really tried to um, encourage other people. You know, he just wanted to see people um, want more out of life. You know, I've been had these conversations recently because I am middle-aged uh, about like midlife crises and what's a midlife crisis and like I sort of define this my my one friend and I that it's just wanting to do things that matter. Yeah. And I kind of joked and I was like, well, then I've been in midlife crisis since I was 15. Um, you know, so like, yeah. Like, but you know, you want to do things that matter, and I think like that was what Chris wanted to do. But he did a lot of that with humor, and there were things where personally I thought, well, maybe he's he's crossing the line a little bit, mm. right? But to Chris, nothing except for the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ was sacred. Mm. Nothing else was sacred, right? Like, okay. Yeah. And, and sometimes his art presented that, and again, that's why, like, that's why. Uh, some, he rubbed some people the wrong way or maybe yeah. like in moments I thought maybe crossed the line. Sure. But he did it in such like a big way and maybe even in such a disarming way that mm. you would pause and say, wait a minute, what is that? Mm. You know, and if you got yeah. to meet him, if you got to talk to him, like he wanted to talk to you. He wanted to hear about what you were doing. He wanted to like encourage you in your own um whatever your vocation was or your passions like he wanted to support you in whatever way that he could yeah um but he did a lot of it with humor yeah definitely yeah that just it just kind of loops back to again that disarming that you can use um and and really you could do you could choose to do the other side too like we're talking about i don't know what the what the alternative word is but not arming necessarily but you can charge up a situation yeah. with your humor escalate, you can choose right? like yeah you can yeah right? escalate it with your words with the things you say um you know those types of things um or you can de-escalate you can disarm yeah. you can open up conversation 
um, through through those types of things as well. And again, yeah, humor is, is specifically one of those things. Yeah. Well, if, for anybody who's listening, we want to hear um, you know everything from what is your favorite Jungle Cruise joke to uh, what has your experience been, whether maybe you're not a Christian and you've, and you've kind of always had this thought about Jesus, uh, or maybe you are a Christian and, you, and you've always had a thought about Jesus one way or another. Um, maybe you're out there and you have watched The Chosen and you really have thought about the way they've depicted humor in Jesus and the disciples. Um, whatever it is, uh, let us know on the community page. Uh, we'll have some questions posted and some things in response to this episode today. So get on there, join that group, and um, we will talk a little bit more there. Thanks again, Rick. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I would love the chance to connect with you via social media or email. All the links that you need are over at beyondthepixiedust.com. And I would also love for you to join our community Facebook page. We have a public Facebook page, but then we also have a community Facebook page where we talk further about the content of each episode. And so I'd love to get you over there. Additionally, I'm excited to announce that Beyond the Pixie Dust, Becoming an Apprentice of the Kingdom, our first book is now available over on Amazon through Theme Park Press. So again, all the links to all of those things available at beyondthepixiedust.com. You'll see it in the show notes, and we'll see you on the next episode.